or anything. So uh, kind of speaking of what they did to me last week, uh, they recorded me singing uh, last week during the last uh, segment and then uh, played that as our outro. Um, and so uh, speaking, speaking of all that, uh, they pointed at, they, they set up this week so awesome because this week is about gifts and skills and talents. And they just wanted to illustrate to you what one of mine isn't. What one of mine isn't. I, I actually have a I actually have a confession to make. I actually have a con, con, con confession to make. I, I I actually have a hard time taking my own advice. I know I know that's not salacious. You know when usually when a pastor gets up on stage and says I have a confession to make, it makes the six o'clock news, right? But you know this isn't going to make the six o'clock news or anything. And sorry, PA, put that phone away. You know there's no breaking news here. CNN will not show up to our church that I know of uh, this morning. Uh, but I just have a hard time taking my own advice because if any of you came up to me and said, I have an opportunity to do something only a few people possibly uh, ever get the chance to do and that will have an impact on the, on the sphere of people around me in the marketplace like none other, what should I do? I would tell you, take it, Right? I tell you, take it. If you can have, if you can do something only a few people can do, and that will have an impact on the people around you like none other, I would say, take it. Have impact. If God's given you this skill, ability, passion, and you can have an impact on the people around you in amazing ways, do it. But see, Where the rub is for me is that the refereeing part of things and the pastor part of things, like in traditional world, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. It's like you're supposed to sacrifice and give up your life and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, when you have the ability to impact the marketplace it's it's a rub right it's a difficulty it's a tension and i share this only from the aspect of i think that a lot of people have a rub have a difficulty have a tension where it comes to gifting and where it comes to gifting inside the church i think a lot of times we might spiritualize things and and et cetera, a lot. And, and why don't we dig into Scripture and why don't we see what Paul has to say about all of this? 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Just a warning this morning, I have no timer at all. So I have no sense of outside urgency. <laughs> so between Paul and Jared, well, <laughs> they'll, they'll get that job done. And... Uh, um, so, like, when I, uh, we added a screen, and somehow both of them, uh, one, uh, one of them is down, and the, the other one is just flashing no signal at me. So, um, so I have no timer. So, you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, 1 Corinthians 12, we'll be, uh, we'll be in 1 Corinthians 12. I, I, I have the entire chapter in the Bible study guide uh, for you to be able to read. We're just going to hit uh, specific uh, verses this morning. 
during our, our time together. And, and going back in this series, uh, we're, we're getting there. It feels like uh, we've got to fix this. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where, where, where we've been in the series so far in the functional church is that we start off uh, saying our number one function is find lost things. And then number two, how we do that is we are here to serve. But there's so many opportunities to serve, right? Everybody has their project for you to serve on. But how do we narrow this thing down? How do we figure this out? How do we live instead of tension, instead of struggle, how do we live in freedom when it comes to serving? 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. How do we serve for the maximum impact? Number one, God's power, our action. God's power, our action. Uh, two sides of the very same coin. God's power. Paul references the Trinity in this passage, right? We see the Spirit, we see Lord, which is Jesus, and we see God the Father. God, Spirit, Spirit, Son, Father, all of them are active in giving us our gifts. But there are different shades of gifts. There are different shades of gifts. In fact, two people can have the same gift, have the same talent, but their shading is different. It's a matrix. Think of three different circles. One being, now there are different gifts. Gifts are the talents. I believe that everybody has a personality talent. I think that Paul talks about the personality talents in Ephesians 4. I have a completely different take on Ephesians 4 than what you're used to. So I encourage you to take a look at this in the Bible, uh, in, in, the, in the extra, uh, uh, the, the, the extra verses that I give in the, in the event. But Ephesians 4, he gives us the personality gifts. I believe that all of us have a matrix of, this personality, of, of these personality giftings inside of us. I'm not going to go deeper into that. Read that. Teaser. Read that. And then there are functional gifts. Functional gifts like wisdom and generosity and healings and miracles and tongues. <gasps> oh no, I know I'm a Baptist pastor and I just said tongues from the stage. I'll just leave it at that. But... Those are the functional, what I would call the functional gifts. And actually, you know, probably most of us here have taken a spiritual gift inventory. I don't really like those. I love data. I love tests. I love all this. I'd poke and prod all of you until you're blue in the face. But I don't like spiritual gift testings. Why? Because they make us feel guilty. For instance, on a scale of one to five, are you able to share your faith with the stranger? Well, I'm supposed to say at least three, but it's really a one, so I'll say three, right? Right? It's skewed. It's skewed. But if somebody asks you the question, are you able to sell, some, sell a stranger something? You would say one, right? Somebody else would say five. There's no difference in those two questions. One is coming from a spiritual standpoint. One is coming from a marketplace standpoint. We don't feel guilty of saying five in the marketplace question, but we feel guilty if we, or at one, uh, we feel guilty if we say one in the spiritual context. So things like strength finders is great there. To be able to help us to find our functional gifts. DISC test, D-I-S-C test. That's something, uh, that's a a test that can help in the personality gifting that we all have. And so, circle number one is our talent. 
is our gift God has given. Circle number two, there are different ministries. Now, in church world, we talk about ministries, ministries, ministries. I try to use that term as, as, as little as possible because, you know, in other church worlds, we use it, we use it, and we overuse it. Ministry, think, think how foreign countries use the word ministry, like ministry of defense, something like that. Where in our government, we use the term uh, um, Secretary of Defense, that's the person, and then the Department of Defense. I, I had this when I was practicing, and then it left me, right? The Department of Defense. Foreign countries use the term Ministry of Defense. We, inside Crosspoint, use the term team. Our experiences, our passions, our affinities in life draw us to a team. Two people could have the, the, the same exact personality gift. They could have the same exact functional gift. But because of their passions and affinities and experiences in, is, experiences in life, they go to two different teams. And then we see that there are different activities. That's another circle. Different activities. Literally, the word activity here means energies. God gives us different energies. In, in our context, what we call this are, are, are the role that we play. We have our innate gifting, one circle. We have our, 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 our team, another circle. And then our role inside that team, another circle. And where those circles intertwine, that's God's power placed inside of us for our gifting. Now, these have a tendency to shift. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He has a tendency to do different things inside of us. And these have a tendency to shift. Now, the innate gifting, not so much. The affinities, experiences, the passions that we have in life, a little bit more, they'll shift. And then the most, the thing that shifts the most would be the energies that God puts inside of us in order to accomplish a certain role. God has given us, each one of us, inside of us, the giftings in order to accomplish things for His kingdom. But even more than that, in the marketplace. He's given us these giftings to be able to serve people in general. And to be able to build God's kingdom inside of people in the marketplace. Outside of this church. In fact, that's where we spend most of our time, right? is in the marketplace. Gallup has done extensive research on this. That, that people who are most engaged at work in the marketplace are those that their work has placed them in their specific giftings and passions and talents. Whoa! This isn't a new concept. It's a couple thousand, uh, 4,000 years old when Moses was lining people up in their giftings. Amazing! The secular research comes back and proves God right. Wow! Right? But maybe we struggle with this. Like we're just supposed to push it out, right? And, and, and just grind it out, and etc. We are. But God has given us something specific in order to make an impact in people's lives. But see, the other side of that coin is our action. 
See, sometimes, especially in church world, we think, oh, it's God's power. And we just kind of wait on the Lord. Which a lot of times in church world is, I'm going to be lazy. Right? There's two different ways. There's two different ways to activate the power that God has placed inside of us through our gifting. Learning and practice. Now, the term practice, I'm not using so much in this, like the sports term practice, more in the like your doctor practices medicine t- sort of practice. Or lawyers practice law sort of practice. In fact, when we think of practice in those terms, learning and practice go hand in hand, right? When the doctor sees you, when you go in for a checkup or you got a cold or you got the flu or you got something worse and your doctor sees you, he is practicing medicine on you at that point in time. That's comforting, isn't it? But he's practicing medicine because he or she is taking everything that they are learning, right? You want your doctor to be continually learning, correct? Right? And then practicing what he is learning, what she is learning on you. And so if your doctor, if you go to your doctor and if your doctor starts giving you some some diagnosis and then he starts giving you remedies that are from a previous century, you're out of there, right? For instance... If you go to your doctor and say, I just keep having these headaches. I don't know what's going on. I just keep having these headaches. And your doctor goes, hey, Bayer has come up with this awesome new medicine called heroin. Here's some. Like legitimately. This is, this is an old ad. Go ahead and go, head to that first one there. This is an old ad. Bayer came up with heroin and they used it as headache medicine. Now, I'm not going to ask you how many of you would stay with your doctor if he gave you this because that would be too much of a confessional. However, most of us here would go, I don't know about this. Or if it kept going, they would just simply drill a hole in your head because nothing takes care of a migraine quite like drilling a hole in your head. Second of all, Here's another ad for weak men. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about who, what weak men would be, but today we take care of this by a little purple pill or, you know, uh, when you're watching football, when you're watching football, a couple of people sitting in a tub on the edge of a cliff commercial. That would be weak men. But a few years ago, a few years ago, they would simply give you a belt that had an electric shock to it. And if you went to your doctor and said, I'm weak, and they gave you a belt with an electric shock, you'd be like, no thanks. Changing medicine. Or bloodletting. Used to be, used to be, they believed you had four different things, four different fluids inside of you. And then, you got sick because one of those got off. Usually it was blood. So what would they do? You got the flu? Eh, take a couple liters of blood. That's great, right? Or if you went to your doctor and like, I've packed on the pounds a little bit. I've packed on the pounds a little bit. They would start off with, they would, they would, they would start off with uh, a, a, an upper. They would just 
get your body to overwork. And then if that didn't work, here's, a, here's an advertisement. Here's an advertisement. If that didn't work, notice the, the right-hand side. They would give you a pill with tapeworms. Nothing quite took care of little extra pounds than putting something inside of you that would eat the food that you ate. It's a win-win, right? You get to eat and something eats the food that you put inside of you. If your doctor gave you tapeworms, you would find a new doctor. That's a statement, isn't it? It's a statement. But when it comes to our spiritual gifts, we go, God's given me this. I don't need to learn anything. I hope my doctor has the spiritual gift of healing. Right? (laughs) I would hope that he would have that gift. But I would hope that he would move beyond some yesteryear ways of solving things. The crazy thing is is that in 50 years, people will be looking back in our generation and going, what were they thinking? Actually, if you actually if you watch pharmaceutical med, uh, uh, commercials now, um, we're already we're we're already viewing that in the future, right? Like you're going to take care of the bunion, but it's going to be hell on earth once you take this pill. <laughs> if you hear all the side effects of the of, of of the pill, we're already foreshadowing some of the things that we'll look back and go, "What were we thinking?" But we want our doctors to to to, to continually be learning. New ways, better ways of practicing medicine. Again, in the study guide, Matthew 25, Jesus talks about God giving us talents and investing these talents. Our action. Learn about the talent God's given you. Learn from people who do it inside the church. Learn from people who outside the church. In the marketplace, utilize the same talent and put it into practice. This is investing, investing the, 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 the talent, the gifting that God has given to you. God's power, our action. How do we serve for the maximum impact? Also, benefit others. 1 Corinthians 12.7 A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. So we can help each other. We're given gifts to benefit others, but that doesn't come naturally to us. See, in 1 Corinthians 12.2, you know that when you were pagans, you used to be led off to the idols that could not speak. The entirety of chapter 12 is talking about the spiritual gift that God gives us. Gifting is a common grace. No matter if your doctor is a Christian or not, you hope that they have the gift of healing. You hope that they're in this to heal people. You hope that God's given them an ability to be able to know what's going on inside the body, know what's right inside the body, and know what's when it's going wrong, and to be able to go, oh, we need to fix it this way. It's no matter if the doctor's a Christian or not a Christian. And if that doctor became a Christian, 
he's not or she's not going to lose that gift, right? The focus on why they have that gift is now going to change. See, when we have gifts and we find our gifts apart from Christ, we're going to build idols with that gift. Financial idols or power idols or ego idols or fame idols or whatever idol that we want to build for ourselves with that gift, we're going to build. But, when we come to know Christ, that changes. The gift doesn't change, our perspective changes. See, nothing causes us to sacrifice quite like coming in relationship with the one that sacrificed it all. See, a great company can figure out the best way to engage people and to make money is an extreme focus on customer service. But even with that, even with that, even with the company, even with the CEO, with, 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 with the focus at zero on Christ, who has figured out good customer service, if they would figure out and find the one who sacrificed all, there would still be another level. There'd still be another gear of customer service they can put their company into. We're given gifts to benefit others. To benefit others when it comes to the church, but also to benefit others when it comes to the marketplace. Crush your job. Use your gifts to, to, to completely go beyond and above, above and beyond what is expected of you in your job? Why? Because our gifts are to benefit others. Not just in the church. It's a greater witness to use your gifts to extreme measures outside the church than it even is in here. There's a couple of dangers when it comes to uh, gifting. The first is story. When I was a youth minister in Arkansas, and I, I still struggle with this now, um, you know, we'd have events and we'd need food at the events, and and I would try to do it, and it would frustrate me, it would frustrate people, it frustrate fr frustrate Nicole. She's like, "Do you think about the sides?" I'm like, "No, I I like the meat, you know, and, and just it is what it is." Like, it, it was frustrating. It's frustrating for everybody, but I wouldn't give that away. Why? I didn't like doing it, so surely nobody else liked doing it, right? Till finally, one guy said, I want to do this. I like doing this. I will provide food for every single one of the events for the youth. I want to do it. I let him do it. And he had immense kingdom impact amongst those youth because... Stepped back and gave it to him. There's a couple of dangers when it comes to gift. The first danger is letting you be you. All right, we see 
1 Corinthians 12, 19 and 20. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? Now, there are many parts, yet one body. And Paul has gone through kind of uh, an illustration of the body. And in fact, I kind of have a, a meme to, to go along with this uh, here of Superman, uh, toy Superman, not even Superman likes leg day, you know, like the dude at the gym that all he focuses on is the upper body, right? Like his legs are chicken legs. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you may want to do some squats or something like and so this is kind of the same thing that happens inside the body. Like, we end up saying, you know what? My gift isn't his. My gift isn't hers. My gift is here. My gift's not that. So I'll just sit here and not really be me. I'll not really use the gifting that God has given me because I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not him, I'm not her. And yet we end up being, as a church, you know, all arms, no legs. So we've got people that haven't stepped into their gifting because actually, quite honestly, a false humility. God has given us and put inside of us what we need to serve and to build up the body and open up the door for outsiders. But the opposite is also true. And I've got a video for this. We're here in Victory Lane awaiting the race results. McQueen, that was quite a risky move not taking tires. Tell me about Are it. Are you sorry you didn't have a crew chief out there? <laughs> oh, Corey, there's a lot more to racing than just winning. I mean, taking the race by a full lap? Where's the entertainment in that? No, no, I wanted to give the folks a little sizzle. Sizzle? And am I sure I don't have a crew chief? No, I'm not, because I'm a one-man show. What? Oh, yeah, right. That was a very confident Lightning McQueen coming to you live from Victory Lane. Hey, get out of the shot. Yo, Chuck, Chuck, what are you doing? You're blocking the camera. Everyone wants to see the bolt. What? Now back away. Ah, that's it. Come on, guys. Whoa, team. We quit, Mr. One-Man Show! Oh, 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 okay, leave. Fine. <laughs> how will I ever find anyone else who knows how to fill me up with gas? Adios, Chuck. Oh, whatever. Paul also talks about this. And this was the bigger problem in the Corinthian church. People saying, I have the best gift. I'm awesome. I'll do this. Can you just sit right over there and just watch me be me? We have to let others be them as well. And let others stand up and be able to do their giftings. And let God use them in power to impact other people's lives. Thankfully, there was a guy at my church that said, no, let me be me. And while I have no intent to be the one-man show because I didn't think other people would want to take it, I took it on myself, which hinders the church. We are most powerful when we act like a team. When we find our gift, find the team to, 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 to apply that gift on, and then find the role that best suits us and energizes us. And when we do this, we're going to look a little bit more like McQueen looks at the end. 
what makes Cars the first one so special is that the protagonist was also the biggest antagonist. He was his biggest enemy. But he went on this journey to figure out how to best succeed in life. And you best succeed by being you, but also letting others be them. Next clip. No, you don't. Doc, I'm flat! I'm flat! Can you get back to the pits? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hey, got a yellow. Bring it in. Don't tear yourself up, kid. We gotta get him back up there fast, or we're gonna be a lap down, and we'll never win this race. Rito, it's time. Hey, Tiny, you gonna clean his windshield? <laughs> was the fastest pit stop I've ever seen. It was a great stop, but he's still got to beat that race car out. It's going to be close. Yeah, yeah. 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 Back in the race. Pit stop. I don't know about you, but every time I see that part of the movie, I'm like, yeah, Guido. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's what a team looks like. That's what we have the opportunity to experience, really, quite frankly, every Sunday. So you get to walk away going, yeah, right? We did this. It's a matter of finding your gifting. Finding the power that God has put inside of all of us for a specific purpose. We can get at the end of the Sundays and go, pizza. Right? So what gifting has God given you? How can you use it, and how can you use that to benefit others? Both in the marketplace and inside the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. I just pray, Lord, that you can continue to, to lead us, grow us, show us the passions you've put inside of us, the desires you've put inside of us, the giftings. I just pray, Lord, that you will continue to move. Allow us to continue to grow, to be able to see you work in power through, through every single life. We thank you. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.